A love letter came through the mail. It said I miss you. I ripped it up and flushed with the tissue. Try to forget you. I ain't got nothing against you. We human, we all got issues. But I'm tired of being tired of being tired. That part of me didn't die. Welcome to a new episode of the Only in Cleveland podcast. I'm your host, Corey Marshall, and this is episode number 10. And on this episode, my man from ESPN Cleveland came through. Second guy from ESPN Cleveland come through. Can't thank you both you guys enough for hopping on my podcast. Really appreciate it. But this guy, if you guys are fans of ESPN Cleveland, he used to be on three deep back in the day. Then he was on the Golden Boys, and I hope I'm not missing another podcast. He's hopped on RBS, or shows, not podcasts. He's hopped on RBS. He has a podcast that's on the land, on the man, top of the trees. And he is currently the host of the next level in game day on Saturdays on the ESPN radio, national radio. And he's a minor Cleveland celebrity. That's right. I'm talking about the one and only Emmett Golden. And disclaimer first, before I tell you what we talked about, I was messing with a a new audio program, so it may sound like I'm yelling, so I want to apologize for that. Um, If it does, just turn the volume down a little bit. You should still be able to hear Emmett talk. His his volume was a little lower uh, because we did it on the phone, but you still should be able to hear it. And once again, it was a new audio program. It's going to be the last time I use that. so, yeah, so what we talked about, he, he told us how he became a minor Cleveland celebrity. Uh, we also talked about the Jordan-LeBron debate. We, we dabbled into that a little bit. Um, we touched on some Buffalo Wild Wings, their wings, their guard power wings. Guys, if you haven't tried the guard parmesan wings from Buffalo Wild Wings, you guys need to. I just had some. Every Tuesday, buy one, get one free. Need to check them out. So we talk about that because he's actually the one that got me in on those because he would get on the air and he would rave about it. So I had to try them. So we talk about that. Talk about Jordan LeBron. Um, We dabble about the Browns. And he shares a Kyrie story. It's pretty interesting. About the the time when him and Kyrie had a little – I don't want to call it scuffle, but Kyrie kind of laid into him for something. So he he says that story. So you guys should check it out. Uh, Once again, I want to thank Emmett for hopping on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Once again, I apologize if I I come off as yelling. I tried a new audio program, and obviously it did not work. So that would be the last time I'd use that. So I hope you guys enjoy. Hello. Hello, Emmett. What's up, man? Hey, man, how you doing? It's Corey. I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. How you doing? Good, man. First, I just want to thanks for uh, taking some time and, and hopping on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem, man. And I got I to warn you just in advance. Uh, my wife just left to go, and I know your stomach's been messed up, so I hope this doesn't, you know, <laughs> this, doesn't, this doesn't get your uh, taste buds going. But she ran to get some uh, B-dubs, some wings, some garlic parm wings. So if you hear the dogs going crazy in the background, <laughs> I, 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 I remember you saying something about that. I'm like, man, I got to bring it up because I got to thank you for getting me on these because before I listened to you guys and before you started talking about I had no clue about the wings and especially the garlic palm wings. 
So I was like, man, I gotta at least bring it up. But I was like, I really hope his stomach is feeling a little better because I know he's gonna be like, dang, why he have to bring this up if he can't eat them? Oh, okay. You know, get a little more information about what's been going on, but yeah, man, I um like years and years ago, I ran it. My cousin was working at this bar, and she told me like, hey, they got these wings. They got these Parmesan wings. They're really good. And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, just try it. So I tried. Parmesan wings are good. And then I went to beat ups, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, cause. Because I'm not like a huge garlic parm wing guy, but like I said, you listening to you, you know, constantly talking about man, he's he's a bomb. You got to try him. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try these things. And then I tried him. I'm like, I'm hooked, man. He's got me. I'm I, I can't stop getting him. And I feel like now, especially with this quarantine stuff going on, I feel like every week, every Tuesday, they have buy one get one free. So like we'll get like 15, 20 wings. And it's been every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, I'm texting my wife like, "Hey, it's wing night. Gotta get some garlic parm wings." Oh, do they? See, I I eat boneless, but I'm more of a boning guy. Yeah, I'm more of a boning guy too, but that's a nice little deal. It is definitely. It definitely it is. Whenever I can take advantage. Yeah, for 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 sure. So uh, obviously, I'm a a big fan of you guys. You, I've been following you guys for a while. Um, If you could, though, I kind of know your story, how you got to where you were. but for the people out there that don't, could you kind of you know, let them know how you got to be the minor Cleveland celebrity you are? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, I uh, was down at the University of Cincinnati uh, for two years, ran out of cash, you know, came home, and I actually started working at American Greetings, their world headquarters in the shipping and receiving department. And I was like, hey, this is, I'm a, you know, it's the job I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm tired here because, you know, people that I worked with were a little older in age and, they had been working there for 20, 30 years, and I was like, cool, like, I'm lucky. I wasn't able to finish college, but I, I fell into, like, a good job. Right. Um, so, worked there for about five or six years, and then the recession hit, and they had a mass layoff, uh, where they laid off, like, two, three hundred people, something crazy. And I remember the exact number, um, and I was one of those people. So, you know, from that point, man, I just was doing whatever job I could do. Gotcha, know, yeah. In hindsight, like getting laid off probably was the best thing that ever happened for me because I actually I grew up quick then. I was, yeah. was kind of yeah, immature. I didn't have a, a, a good work ethic, you know, at the time, and that definitely made me kind of find that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I got a, I had a kid too, uh, you know, at the time, so I'm like, man, I got to figure this out. So I'm just working everywhere that I could. I ended up getting a call back like two years later, two, maybe three years later. Um, at from American Greetings in a different, you know, a different department. department. Yeah. And they were like, "Hey, we just remember you being around here. I liked you. You were so much fun. And, you know, kind of talk to and stuff." So I was like, "Cool." So I was working there probably like two years, and my wife one day was like, "Hey, don't you want to have a career?" And she had a point because this, you know, this was a job, but it didn't really have like another level that right. I could go up to, yeah. or anything like that. And I was like, she's right, but I was just so grateful that it had to have a stable job. Exactly. I wasn't even thinking about that. So I'm like, okay, you're right. So let me do some self-evaluation. Like, if I'm going to have a career, it has to be something I love. Like, what do I love? I love sports and I love music. And I'm like, music ain't the way. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. I can't play anything. <laughs> so forget that. And I think as far as sports 
is concerned, coaching, man, probably too late to get started. Um, and that, and I used to listen to the Dan Patrick show every day while I was at work. Mm-hmm. And um, Seton O'Connor would like jump in and crack a joke once in a while. And I also knew that he played like the bumper music. Yeah. And I was like, hold on. So that's actually, I could use my love for music yeah. and, you know, kind of cracking jokes, you know, <laughs> um, and, and maybe do this. Be in the radio and you know, be a sports star radio. But like, I think I could at least do what he's gonna do. Right. I, I didn't think I had what it took to be a host yeah. or anything like that, you know. But I knew it was something that I would be willing to dedicate my life to, and know that waking up every morning wouldn't be hard if I was working in the sports. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was. I listened to KNR all the time too. You know, at this time when I would pick my kids up from the grandmother's house, we were listening to Michael Regal all the time. <laughs> And I heard the commercial for the Ohio Media School. I made the call, got enrolled, and I took it serious. You know, yeah. I was uh, dead serious about it. And, you know, uh, filled out um, intern applications a bunch of different places, didn't get any callbacks. <laughs> I got a callback from, um, from ESPN Cleveland. And I was like, perfect. This is the only place I really wanted to work anyway. Right. So I went and I had my interview. And they didn't call me back for a couple of weeks, Uh-oh. and I kind of followed up. And they're like, all right, yeah, we'll offer you an internship position. It was funny because when I got there, the, all the other interns had been there for two weeks. Uh-oh. I was like, oh, they actually had started. Yeah. And maybe they just figured, like, oh, all right, let's throw this guy. Up. <laughs> At least he followed up or whatever. But once I got my foot in the door, man, I just kind of hit the gas. And, you know, I wasn't aware of it at the time. Um, but... I don't know. I like it from what I've heard is I have a good ability to uh, like make friends and build mm-hmm. relationships. And I just started doing that right away because I felt like I just wanted to make sure everybody knew me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not for the wrong reasons. Yeah. It's like, hey, if something pop up, yeah, let, let's see if it, let's see if it <laughs> you know, something like that. Yep. And then, the, you know, the rest is kind of history, man. It just uh, made the most out of every opportunity I, I got after that. So when you were at OMS, was uh, Fontana was he was he teaching any courses at the time, or is that something that happened later? He was still, Fontana was still in college. Oh, that's right, because you guys came there like at the same time, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. He, um, so he had left for that semester. I think I came in in the fall, and okay. he interned in the summer, and then he came back after he graduated, like that winter. Okay. You know, something like that. The way it he had started actually started before me, but left because he had to go back to school. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Um, and then when he came back, you know, Santana and I worked so many like street teams <laughs> like that within terms. Um, it's one of the reasons why we have such a good relationship because we literally our grind was at the same yeah. time and kind of grind together. Yeah. So like at OMS, um, did they, I know they probably, you could probably do a little bit of everything in terms of like the media aspect, but we're, like, I was going to ask you, like I'm trying to do this podcast, you know, I'm just a, a Cleveland sport fan, you know, and I'll talk about whether it's sports or movies, music, kind of like you guys do, you know, in the big show. Um, did they, or do you have any advice in terms of like podcasts? I know like when I first started this, I kind of hit you up on Twitter like, hey, I'm trying to start this podcast, you got any advice? And you're like, just talk about stuff that you're passionate about. Uh, and, and I had Fontana on the last episode, and he kind of gave me, you know, some, some good advice on things I should do. But you got anything that maybe either you learned from there or 
you know, I know you do your podcast on the land of the band at the top of the trees. Uh, is there anything you learned from doing that that you can, you know, maybe give some advice on? Yeah, you know, for, for me, like, when I was at OMS, they, um, podcasts hadn't really blown up. Like, because you're telling me it's like 10 years ago. True, yeah. You know, so people were doing them, but it wasn't like it is now. So they've been really focused at all on how to do them or what should you do or anything like that. And um, the reason I started the Top of the Trees podcast, and since COVID started, I, I kind of put that put it on hold um, because I didn't want to I didn't want to cheat any of the listeners, whether they listen to the Top of the Trees or listen to the next level. Because I'm like I'm going to be short on yeah. 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 So I kind of put it on hiatus, um, you know, for just for a short term being. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing for me when it comes to podcasts is, it's you know, it's a grind, mm-hmm. and it's kind of difficult to get, um, to really kind of get it going and get off, get off uh, on its feet, but consistency is the key, first of all, like, if you're going to do it, you got to do it, right. you got to do it, because the people that listen, the first time they go there and it's not there, then they might not come back. Mm-hmm. You might forget about it. Like, all right, whatever, this dude ain't for real. Yeah. You know? I go, you know, so they might not come back. So you're gonna do it. You got to be consistent with it, and you just kind of, you know, you got, you got to find your lane. Now there's a bunch of sports, mm-hmm. um, you know, a bunch of sports podcasts, and you may not know right away, but you know, you got to find something that differentiates you from other people. All right. And that's probably the hardest thing to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, what that thing is. You know, uh, because sometimes sometimes it could be right in front of your face and you'll never even know it. Because I know I had that, you know, as far as when it comes to hosting. Uh-huh. Laughing all the time, <laughs> and joking and, and cracking jokes and stuff. Like, I didn't realize that that was my thing. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't know. That's kind of what I did. And I had people like go, no, no, that's that's great. That's, you're different. And what, you know, the, what you hear from other people. So... It's it's being consistent, being unique, but be unique from an authentic standpoint. Don't try to force anything. Right, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to be the yeller guy. Yeah. Yell all the time, or I'm going to be the guy that cusses. Yeah. Nonstop. Like, it got to be completely authentic, because then it's easy to do. Yeah. You're just being yourself, man. It takes no effort. Right. See, that's where I'm kind of at with this podcast. Like, especially... You know, I kind of feel like I started it, you know, obviously we didn't know COVID was going to happen, but it was like, I started it and it was like, sports went on a halt. So it's like, uh uh-oh, you know, how can I be consistent with this podcast if I'm, I'm struggling to find stuff to talk about and then not having a co-host yet, which I got a buddy who's, who wants to do it, but he's kind of been busy, but, and here, so I got to sit and talk to myself and it's like, I didn't realize how hard that was. Before I actually sat down and did it. You know, she, I, like if I say, oh man, I had a, a tough day at work, or so what could a tough day like be? Like all you do is, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like how hard is it, how hard could it be? And I tell her, it's, really, it's, a, it's more of a mental thing more than anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I have to be entertained every day at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to be entertaining every day at 3 o'clock. It's pressure. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of used to it, so I understand it, and I, and I know how to do it, but it's not simple. And it actually, um, 
it, you know, it drains you mentally a little bit. Not for sure. Somebody, you know, on the radio or the media talking about they're tired, it's more mental than it is anything else. Yeah. Uh, so, now, like I said, my last episode I did, you know, Matt Fontana came on, great, great uh, interview. That was my first interview. Who, do you remember who your first interview was and how'd it go? Wow. Um, <laughs> wow, my first interview. That's, I actually don't. Okay. I'm sure it wasn't any good, <laughs> but I also know it wasn't bad either because I do remember the worst interview. So, okay, so what was that then? Like, I'll never forget that, <laughs> and that was with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, yeah, we were really excited, you know, um, Matt put it together, obviously, mm -hmm. to the next level, mm -hmm. and uh, Gerard and I were really excited, and I prepped for every interview, but like this interview, I was just really, really like, oh, I gotta come up with these great questions, and, you know, just really, really looking forward to it, because it's Kareem, right? Yeah. So... We have them on, and they say, hey, you got seven minutes with Kareem, and that's it. Well, okay, no problem. I'm thinking, man, I got so much stuff I'm not going to be able to get into. Right. And he was he was just not interested <laughs> in, in, yeah, in doing the interview. He just wasn't. Yeah. We asked him one or two-word answers, and we we actually, three minutes, and we were like, okay, mm. see you later. <laughs> like, we just let it go, like, wow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I, I remember. I remember the bad ones. I interviewed Frank the Tank Carabalo. Okay. The same thing where he just did not. He wasn't into it, man. I don't know if he had his mind on training or whatever it was. It was, but he wasn't into it. So I remember the bad. Now, I bet you. I don't know how the actual. Like I can't remember the actual interview how it went, but I'm sure it went well. But I guarantee it. One of your top ones has got to be the goat, Mark Price. Park, I think that is it still called Canal Park at the Rubber Ducks? Yeah, but I remember he was up there and had a bobblehead. And for whatever reason, I don't have a Mark Price jersey. Well, I don't have a lot of Mark Price things, which I should because, like I said, he's my favorite player growing up. Um, so I remember going up there to get a bobblehead, and I was like, oh, I'm about to get a signature, it's about to be sweet, get a picture with him. And they ran out of bobbleheads, so I'm like. Uh, 
I don't have anything for him to sign. So I remember asking the guy that worked there, like, hey, do you guys got any pictures of, of Price? Like, I need something. I don't have anything. So the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. So he brings me back this little, it was, I don't know if it was a four by six. It was a small picture, and the picture is of the bobblehead. So I remember going up like, dang, man, like this is like my goal. And I'm like, here, can you sign a picture of the bobblehead? So I remember telling him, and he's like, yeah, you know, that kind of sucks that we had a bobblehead. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're just you're too cool or whatever. And he kind of chuckled, I got a picture with him. But yeah, just that was sweet. And I'm like, man, I wish I could have got like a jersey signed or whatever. But just getting that bobblehead was, was cool. And speaking of bobbleheads, I don't know if you remember... The Larry Nance bobbleheads that the, that the Cavs had this past year? I think it was this year. Yeah. Yeah. You actually, I came up, you hooked me up with one of those. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I, I came up to get, I don't know if it was junior or senior. Um, so I, I wanted to thank you for that because I, I thought that was super cool that you would try to get, even try. Like, I remember when I tweeted you, I'm like, I know he covers the Cavs. I'm going to go ahead and try, but, you know, if he doesn't respond, that's cool, whatever. I'm like, I feel like I was asking too much already. But when you were like, hey, I got you on, and it worked out that I was going up because I was going to get tickets, and I was going on a tour up at the arena with all the work they did, so I was able to swing by and get it. So I got to thank you for that. Uh, no, you're welcome, man. I, it's funny because so I have an aunt that's a huge, huge Cavs fan, mm-hmm. and they usually send like a bobblehead. You know, not every time, but a lot of times they send if they have any bobbleheads and stuff, they'll send one for each of the hosts to the station, and I usually give mine to her. Mm-hmm. And that night I went to the game, so I got one, and I was like, I'll be giving some mine. And then I went to the game that night, and they came up to the media section and handed everybody another. So that worked out. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I actually, yeah, I've met you two other times at the listener party, um, but I figured it was like, ah, he probably met a lot of people at those parties, so he probably won't remember that, but the bobblehead he may. Uh, but what's up with the listener party? You guys not doing that anymore? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. The listener party you guys used to throw. Yeah, that, um, I, I think that is, I think it's over. I think <sighs> we did the, instead of doing the listener party, we did that Vegas trip last year. Okay. Um, and So now I gotta I gotta ask you a couple uh, sport things. Um, so this whole I know it's a, probably a, a subject that you know it's been talked about a lot, especially with not a lot going on. But this whole LeBron Jordan debate. Now I'm I you know I'm 38, so I saw Jordan play. Um, but I think LeBron overall is a better is a better basketball player, and. I don't get why these Jordan people, not, that guy that's trying to get on the, this podcast with me, he's a Jordan guy. I, I don't understand why, like, I'm not trying to tell him, hey, you shouldn't think Jordan's the GOAT. 
I get why, because I watched him play. I understand it. I just don't understand why the hate on LeBron and then the double standard that they use on Jordan and LeBron. Like, Jordan can punch a guy, and it's cool. If LeBron would do that, it's a whole other story. Like, so what do you think? Do you think he, that's even... I'll even tell you this. The ring argument, right? Jordan got more rings than LeBron. But mm-hmm. you got Bill Russell got more rings than Jordan. Like, oh, well, that was different. <laughs> 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 exactly. can't you like he'll constantly tell me it's not even you can't even put LeBron in that conversation and I'm like see I think you get, you're getting a little carried away with it like I feel like LeBron should be in that conversation now whether or not you think LeBron's the GOAT or Jordan that's fine but to say that he doesn't belong in that conversation I think it's just hating on him for no reason fan too. He said he had to like bite his tongue while LeBron was here to cheer for the Cavs because he couldn't stand LeBron that much. And I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Like, you're gonna you're gonna miss these days. <laughs> so speaking of the Cavs, do you still can you still cover the Cavs? Yeah, yeah, when they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> so is there is there any stories? Yeah, is there any stories or a story that maybe you haven't said on air? Now, if you can't, that's fine. I'm not trying to get you, you know, put anybody on blast that you can share. Like, I know, didn't you say that you and Kyrie had a little uh, situation? That was 
So, man, I don't even remember which year. Well, I think it might have been the year they won the um, they won the championship. Um, we were uh, now. What I do remember is it was the first time Deion Waiters had came back to the queue, okay. and he was playing for the Heat at this time. You know, he had been traded to the Thunder, and then you know they did something in the offseason. He ended up with uh, with the Heat, and it was his first time back at the queue. LeBron wasn't playing that night, and Deion Waiters goes, Deion Waiters goes off in the first half. I mean, balls goes crazy in the first half, and um, you know. They go halftime, they go into the locker room, it was Hispanic Heritage Night. Okay. And they had salsa dancers on the um, floor. And before the last note of the music hit, you know, like, dun, 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 Kyrie mm-hmm. was running out of the locker room, and while they're walking off the floor, he's getting shots up while the dancers are, like, still on the floor, just wrapping up. Yeah. And I said to myself, I'm going to ask Kyrie about that. Now, I'm, I want to ask it, you know, in the, in the right way. Um, but I said, I got to ask him about that because I've never seen that. And I've been around Kyrie since he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, game's over. Cavs lose. We go in the locker room. Um, we're all huddled around Kyrie. And I said, um, hey, Kyrie, I noticed you got an early start to the second half. What motivated you to get out there early? And he said, he just simply was like, I'm the first one out there every night. Now, I never kept track. Mm-hmm. I didn't push back. Yeah. I was like, okay. You know, left the road. Yeah. To me, it was over at that point. And as soon as everybody turned the cameras off and put their um, recorders away, he turned to look at me and was like, what the F is wrong with you? <laughs> and I was like, what? He was like, I'm the first one out there every night. And I was like, and I walked over and I like kind of put my arm on, you know, on his back and was like, Kyrie, I'm not saying you're not. Right. So I just, I just was asking a question. And he's like, you must not even, you must never be. How I many games you come to? And that's when I kind of got offended. Yeah. You're like, bro, I've been at like every home game since you've been a pro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, what do you mean? I don't ever come here. I'm like, I, like, what are you talking about? No, you must not ever be around because everybody know I'm the first one out. Like, boys, you know, teammates kind of looking over their shoulder like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and he walks out the locker room just talking big jokes. Somebody gonna tell this boy, da 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 da. Oh wow! Now I'm thinking like I have a son that's a lot closer to Kyrie's age than he is to mine. Yeah. So to be like tell this boy, I thought that was a little, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. And from that point on, though, I did keep track of whether he was the first one out every night, and he was not. Sure, for sure. I knew he was. I knew he was just upset. He basically he knew what I was getting at. Yeah. You know, he knew Dion, and it wasn't just on him, but Dion gave it to him in the first half. Mm-hmm. And I knew that Kyrie ended up having a really good game that night. Okay. That Kyrie wasn't going to allow that to happen, so that's why he got out there, got his mind right, and he called and he had a good game. But he took offense to the question. Because he knew what I was, you know, what I yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so the last thing I want to touch on before I let you go and get out of here. Uh, so when, when the Browns fired Dorsey, I remember thinking, I was upset. So I remember thinking, you know, I'm going to hop on, listen to the next level, because my man Emmett will talk me off this bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and you came on and 
did the complete opposite. <laughs> so, so how you felt that day compared to how you feel today about the front office and the Browns and the season? How much has that changed? I think Andrew Barry has done a really good job, so it definitely helps. Yeah. It definitely helps, you know. Um, and I like Andrew. I knew him a little bit, you know, uh, when he was here previously, so it helps. Um, but, you know, in that moment, again, that's when it, when when people say you really got to be who you are, you really have to do it because it's out of my character mm-hmm. to be upset and to you know, so quote unquote, like whole team speak to the fire and stuff like that. That is kind of out of my character, but that's how I really felt. That. Yeah. Like I was just frustrated and I was over it. Yeah. I was over being optimistic. You know? I was right there with you, man. I get it. And, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, I, I spoke my mind, everything I said, I meant. And, um, and you know, still, still feel that way. I do think it was a mistake. But you know, to let Dorsey go, yeah. but they had made some good moves. I, you know, I can't say that they haven't, and I do feel a lot better seeing you know, Deepa Desta, um, Stefanski, and Andrew Barry. They're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. Never had yeah. a front office and coaching staff like that. So I'm willing to give them a shot. You know, and see uh, how they do. But yeah, I feel different. But that day, man. I get it. I was right there with you. Like I said, I was like, all right, man, Emma to talk me down because he'll, he'll find a positive somehow. And then I got on. I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> he, brought, he pushed me off the ledge. <laughs> so how many wins do you think the Browns going to get? I mean, I had him at 10 and 6 when we played the schedule. Okay. So I, I mean, I could ten and six, nine and seven, yeah, I think, eleven and five, yeah, somewhere in that, you know, in, in that range. Yeah, I would say nine, and it's, uh, and like I was telling Matt, like I, I don't know if it's me fanning scared or, or you know what it is, but it's like they've, I, especially after last year when it was, it wasn't just Browns fans getting excited about the team. You had the national guys, and for them to go out and, and look the way they did and play the way they did, like I feel like I'm coming in this season super like you're gonna have to show me before i hop back on this hype train because even though last year was bad it's just not last year it's the 20 years or whatever it is they've been back that i've gotten excited and let down so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go ahead and, and pump the brakes before i get super excited about this team i understand it uh, you know i definitely understand it but if you're a Browns fan like the rest of the Browns fans, <laughs> once they get out there and they start practicing, you'll get bit by the bug. Oh, I, will, I think I'm already starting to because I work with a Steelers fan and he's already starting to talk junk and, and I feel myself like really defending this team and, and acting like this team, you know, how I have before where it's like, nope, this is you and we're going to sweep you guys. So I'm already starting to get it. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and let you get out of here because you spent enough time already on this podcast. So I just want to thank you again for hopping on. I appreciate it. I appreciate the bobblehead and, and everything you've done and and I can't thank you enough. Hey, man, you're more than welcome. Keep grinding, man. I'm going to try, man. If you ever need anything, let me know. I appreciate it. We'll do. All right, peace. All right, bye. And there you have it. There's my interview with the minor Cleveland celebrity, Mr. Emmett Golden. Once again, I can't thank him enough for hopping on, spending about a half hour, a little over a half hour, because uh, I could have probably talked to him longer than that. But uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to take up too much of his time. 
And uh, if you're following or if you're listening on Apple, please go like, subscribe, comment. On Spotify, do the same. Uh, it's on Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox. Please go check out the episodes. Uh, I hope you enjoy this one. I'll try. Who knows? Maybe I'll try to get the third wheel of the, not shouldn't say the third wheel, but the third member of the next level, Mr. Dry Cherry, uh, to complete the trifecta of the next level. Uh, but once again, I apologize for the audio. You know, I've been using the same program these last nine episodes, and I thought, well, I'm going to try something different. I thought I had it figured out where to place the mic, but apparently I didn't because it sounded like I was yelling the whole time. But uh, I hope you guys got to hear everything Emmett had to say, and uh, that'll be the last time I use that program. I'll go back to the old one, so hopefully you'll hear everything. And uh, until the next episode, see ya!